Good morning, and thank you for listening to the Yippie Market Podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, joined by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. And today we'll be talking with Andrea Freirier about agile marketing. Andrea is the co-founder of Agile Sherpas, the world's leading agile marketing training organization, where she works with uh, marketing teams of all shapes and sizes to transform their marketing operations. She's the author of Death of a Marketer, which talks about marketing's troubled past and charts a course for a more agile future. And Andrea is also a certified agile coach, an agile leader, and a certified scrum at scale practitioner and scrum master. All right, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea, Andrea, you're a badass. Thrilled to have you on today. You are a badass. <laughs> can we just like, can we just like, you know, bring it down to that point? <laughs> I love the name of your book. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. My husband keeps telling me I need to write a sequel with like a more uplifting title. Well, you know, I haven't read your book, but I'm sure there's a, it's chock full of good data and it probably does give people hope. It does. It is yeah. on a good note. You could, you know, the birth of the new marketer, the birth of the agile marketer, right? Tell, you <laughs> tell you your go. husband, we got you. I love this agile marketer. Yeah, agile marketing, today's topic. Um, lots to talk about with that. But before we get into that, and I'm going to continue probably using five variations of your name during this, this episode. Sorry about that. Before we, I'll just call you different things like so sport. Before we talk about <laughs> agile marketing. Can we uh, learn a little more about you, kind of your path, your history, how you got to where you're at, your, your company, that kind of good stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not a marketer by training. I have an English degree as well as a women's studies degree. Um, so my parents are delighted that I actually make money somehow because um, there was there was question about that for a while. We're concerned. Yeah, yeah. I have but, a degree in photography, so I know how it feels. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then we end up in marketing. So that's always fun. Uh, my first job out of college was at a newspaper syndicate. So I was supposed to be an editorial assistant and they were redesigning their website and realized no one in the building really had any idea how to do that. And so I got put in charge of it because I was the youngest person at the company. So I probably knew the most about websites. And then of course, once you have a website, you need people to come to it. So that translated into SEO and SEM. And then eventually I came around to content marketing where it was like, oh, look, I have an English degree and I'm a marketer and that is an actual job now. Um, so yeah, it's been great being kind of having content marketing come around and, and be uh, the new way of marketing. And that was a really great for, fit for me. So I was a content marketer and a content strategist um, at a SaaS company when I discovered agile marketing and I started writing about what we were doing when we started adopting it and lots more people would email me and say, this is cool. Can you help us do the same thing until the point where I thought, I bet I could just do this as my job and just help other teams figure out how to make this work. Can you define agile marketing for our listeners? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a variation on agile software development, which is essentially going away from these giant big bang plans where we have the big, huge marketing plan that spans five years, and we're going to go and do that no matter what happens. We're going to execute that plan um, away from that and into more of the short-term, iterative, uh, customer-centric, which tends to get left out of the description a lot, but customer-centric work that we can put out in front of real people as quickly as possible, learn what they think about it, and then iterate on it rapidly. So we're doing stuff every couple of weeks as opposed to like four quarterly ginormous campaigns. So is that regardless of company? I mean, it sounds like it's kind of a startup strategy almost where you're, you're just constantly measuring and feedback loop and feed is, is that something that, I mean, large, large corporations are using this same practice. Are you eliminating the, a lot of the oversight and, and giving people more autonomy? Like how does that, Versus, I think the waterfall they call it in software approach. Yeah. yeah. How does that work with a with a large organization? Do the do the top people have to give up a I lot do. of their control? They they so the the distinction that we like to draw is between the what and the how. So the top brass, the marketing leadership, is still very much responsible for saying what's important. What are the priorities? What are the big things we're trying to achieve as a marketing function? But then to say, all right, 
teams, you're the experts in how to get that done. If I need you to grow our email subscriber base by 30% this year, how are you going to do that? Go figure that out. That's the how. And really empowering teams to, to figure it out is, is the sort of difference there. And when you can achieve that, then it's much easier to get to those rapid iterative cycles because you don't have to have 10 people approve everything four times, right? And it goes through like all the things. Um, but it does happen at the enterprise level. Um, you really have to have a system that people trust, right? You can approve the process so that then you don't have to approve everything that goes through the process. Um, and we have to identify safe touch points, right? So there's there's got to be like gates that things need to go through. Um, and even like, for instance, the financial uh, institutions that we work they still have legal review and compliance stuff that has to happen. It's not going to go away. But when at least marketing can move faster, you're still shortening that, that loop quite a lot, even right. if you still have to do like legal. And so you're not talking about agile for the whole company necessarily. Just, I mean, agile marketing, we're focusing on the marketing part. Yep. So they probably don't have as many things that have to be run up the flagpole, run through legal, though we still see all the time people saying, oh, we got to run this by legal. And then sometimes I wonder how things get by legal when I see them out there. But, uh, <laughs> and I see, I was watching. Uh, I like because legal doesn't know a lot about marketing. They're just looking for very, you know. That's why their default setting is no. And unless it's on our approved list, no. I don't nope, see nope, approved list. Don't, I was watching America's Got Talent last night and uh, they had this show on with these guys that were doing these super dangerous things. And I thought, how did this get by legal? I mean, I know I'm sitting here. I was sweating watching them do it. I was like, somebody's going to, they're going to put Major this fear through this guy's head. Contract. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did insurance write this off? How did legal let this happen? Because I legitimately think these guys are just, they might kill each other. Um, <laughs> and we and digress. <laughs> this could happen. Andrea, I do have a question. What size companies do you no normally work with? We are all over the map, interestingly enough. Um, we've done as small as five people at a little boutique agency, and our biggest is 2,000 plus at a pharmaceutical company. So it's all over the place. Um, is it easier to be more agile with the smaller companies? In some ways, yes. But there's also more potential for a single person to be the bottleneck and like the impediment, right? So if one out of five people is like, I don't know, I'm going to drag my feet, then it can really slow things down. Whereas but also, inertia. If, if you've got three people on your whole marketing team, it seems like a lot of the agile practices are trying to remove the, the oversight layers to let people be more autonomous. But the marketing team is made up of your CEO and a marketing person and an intern how are you going to, like, you can't be more autonomous. You're already right there. It's so small already. Are there practices that still apply? Yeah. Yeah. Outside absolutely. of the whole removing the size and letting the team be the team. Yeah. If the team is already the team, then you're already, you know, a good portion of the way there, but there's a lot of more um, sort of work level practices that are really powerful. Like my absolute favorite thing is work in progress limits or whip limits. And essentially, you apply this while you're doing work. And the idea is the less work you do at one time, the faster everything gets done, which is super counterintuitive, but... Not at all. We've been beat into seven. our head that, yeah, there's... Uh, oh, people used to always put, and I think they still do put on their resumes, that they're great at multitasking. Right. They say, did you think about that? Because I know this was a hot thing in the early 2000s and 90s and stuff, but it's BS. So you're basically saying you have a multitask... Uh, restrictor plate on the uh, on the marketing department saying That's smart. Try, try getting something done instead of having longer to-do lists. I knew yep. a researcher one time that um, would only work every four hours. So he would work on these research projects four hours. He'd sleep for four hours, work for four hours, sleep for four hours when he had to get it done. It's kind of like a developer. Mm, right? Sounds kind of lazy. A lot I don't done. Know. Yeah. Or, you know, if he didn't <laughs> sleep, he'd go do something else. But yeah, I mean, it's Study after study proves that you don't multitask, right? You switch from thing to thing because brains can only do one thing at a time. And so then it's actually a, a waste in the system that moving from task to task. And so if you can fix your focus for an extended period of time, then you just get more done. But that's for marketers in particular, we're really, really bad at doing that. 
And so creating systems that force us to do it um, help a lot. Like I have a personal board, a personal Kanban board, and I have a whip limit of two on my board. I'm a single person doing that board myself. And so the whip limit has to be really, really low. What is whip stand um, for again? I bump up against it. Work in progress. That's right. Okay. Yep. A yep. whip limit. So, I'm going to start using that. That's, not, that's past yeah. my whip limit. <laughs> that's I love it. And people are going to say, what is she talking what? about? Carla Joe's just blah, blah, whip <laughs> limit, whip limit, whip limit. That's going to be the buzz. Uh, yeah, I got to be cool like you with that name. So it sounds, uh, Andrea, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. It sounds like there's some different kind of um, uh, different modules within within this this agile marketing. You've got your team management and and limiting the size and the oversight and allowing the team to be more fluid and and turn ideas around faster and iterate and whatnot. And then you're talking about other stuff like whip limit. Are there are there specific kind of categories of practices you can break this down into? Yeah, and where do you start? <laughs> where do you start? That's a good question. Um, let me answer the, 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 the frameworks question, and then we'll, we'll do the where do you start. So, yeah, there's lots of different sort of flavors of agility. Um, the one that everybody's typically heard of is Scrum, uh, and that's way more common in software and IT. Um, I think it's like 98% adoption of agile in software, and then upwards of 60% of them are using Scrum of some sort. Um, and that's all about the short iterations, right? They call them sprints. We're going to fix our work for the next couple of weeks. We're going to focus in on, on this amount for those two weeks. And then at the end, we should have something releasable and done and we can move on to the next thing. Um, that gets sticky for marketers because we get interrupted, like sales needs something. And then like the CMO needs to build this deck and there's too many like moving pieces that can't, we can't stabilize for two weeks. And so there can be problems in that regard. And then Kanban is another option, which is where the whip limit practice comes from. And that's more of like, let's just keep work moving through the system as continuously and smoothly as we can. Can you and run so that name again? There's, there's Scrum and what was the other one? Kanban. K-A-N-B-A-N. Kanban. Okay. Yeah. You can say Kanban, like whatever pronunciation is down for you. Are those acronyms or are they just cool names? They're just cool names. Um, scrum <laughs> comes from like the rugby scrum where everyone like smooshes together to go get the ball. And so that's the idea, like the team is coming together. Um, and then Kanban is a Japanese word for um, signal card. It comes from like manufacturing where they would have a card that would like go around the assembly line to show like what part was up next. And so I love that, you know, the derivations of these. It so helps. <laughs> the definition of Japanese words is never as cool as they sound. Like, oh, it means this. You're like, oh, it means a three-by-five card? Uh, okay, wow. I like Kanban. We'll stick with Kanban. Let's buy some Kanban. <laughs> yeah, so it's like something I want to have for lunch. It does, right? <laughs> okay, so we've got the different frameworks you're talking about. There's Scrum, there's, there's Kanban. I really want to get into the different parts of the frameworks. Yeah. The, hey, there's some rules around how the teams work together. There's rules mm -hmm. around, you know, the whip limit. Where does that come into play? And, and those kind of break it down in that way. Can you, um, so regardless of Scrum, Kanban, I guess, do you have a preference out of those two? Uh, it depends on the team and the type of work, but usually I like Kanban better for marketers uh, just because Scrum can be too prescriptive. It has very strict rules about what you do and when you do it and, and who does it, whereas Kanban's a little more fluid. Excellent. So then within the general agile marketing, um, you know, in the spirit of, of the whip limit, those kind of rules, do yeah. we have, do we have some more, some more segments mm -hmm. within agile marketing like that? Yeah. So regardless of the, of the framework that you're using and KJ, this sort of gets to your, how to start question too. Like there's a few basics that you can put in place. And then regardless of whether you decide to use scrum or Kanban or smoosh them together to make your own magical hybrid of the two, um, you need a backlog, which is just a to-do list. Like it's the team's prioritized to-do list. So it's not just we have to do all these things, but like this is the first thing we need to do, second, third, fourth, all the way down. And it's like really prioritized, not, well, these two things are about equal. So they're both the top 
priority. Like that's right. not a you have to pick. Flip a coin, but you got to pick. Yep. Yep. So we have the list, and then once the team takes the work on, it goes into a board, like a Kanban board. Um, you've probably seen like Trello is a very standard like Kanban flow thing. Oh yeah, we use Jira here. I think that has a Kanban board in it. Yep. Yep. Jira is very common. Um, but you can be as simple as like to do, doing, done, right? And you move across and then you would put that whip limit on your doing column, right? So if we're a team, the three of us are a team, we might decide we need a whip limit of like five or six so that we can all be working on a couple things, but we're not getting overloaded. And then we have to push things through the system, um, to get to done before we can start something new. And you that's want like to be left with a bunch of modal leases, basically a bunch of partially finished masterpieces. Um, right. you gotta, you gotta yeah. get the jobs, jobs done. Yeah. Although I and guess like, Mona Lisa's wouldn't be that bad. Terrible analogy. But what happens though, is like we, when you don't have a whip limit, but you have a nice to-do list, you end up with like 10 things in progress and nothing is done by the end of the day or the end of the week. And so from a, from a marketing perspective, it's really bad because we haven't put anything out into the world. Like we've been really busy as a team writing things and, and researching things and strategizing, but our audience hasn't seen anything from us because it's not done. It's not out in the world. And so really forcing people to like stop starting, start finishing um, is a big deal. Stop starting, start finishing. Let me put that in quotes. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of marketers with philosophy and English degrees that love starting things. Yeah. Um, but the finishing it is a kind of important. Yeah, it's a big deal. We did a, a we do a simulation with teams when we're kind of introducing these concepts and we did it with a team and you do the first round, right? And they get everything in progress and it's really depressing and nothing gets done. And then you say, well, let's fix it. And you put whip limits on and then tons of things move through. But the flip side of that is there's a bunch of stuff still in the to-do list that hasn't gotten started yet. And we worked with a team the other day that was like, I don't know how we're going to handle that. Cause people want to feel like you're doing their project, right? If I brought this team work for you, you want to see they're doing it. And so it's, it's, it's hard to get used to, even if you can see that everything gets done faster, yeah. it's hard to feel like I'm not starting on your work right now. Right. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, I know I have people coming to me all the time in my company saying, how come this isn't getting done? How come this, and you'll, they'll have 10 priorities and they're all being worked on. And then they come up with 10 more and they're mad that those aren't being worked on also. And it's like, you yeah. got to have priorities. And you have to understand people are working on stuff and it'll get got to when it gets got to not as good a wording as yours, but get got to when it gets got to, I have a copyright on. So. <laughs> but that's the great thing too, like about the board is creating visibility. That's a key part of just agile kind of foundationally is visibility into what's going on. So then when somebody comes to you and says, I need you to do this thing. It's super important. You can say, all right, here's everything else that I've got on my plate. Where does yours really fall? Because it might be the top thing or it might be the bottom. And so they need to be able to see what else right. is coming down. Yeah, it really saves the marketing people from taking on just every single thing because someone says it's top priority. And then they don't get the top priority things done. Sounds like it keeps you out of the rabbit holes too. Yeah, you spend all your time like chasing the fire and then the big thing, the big strategic thing that would have actually moved the needle for you just doesn't get done. What's your biggest success in this? Do you have like a story that, you know, where you were like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to take on this client, but yeah, but you did, you tackled it and it was, it ended up being like you were the hero. Um I, I hope that we help everybody that we work with. Um, but you got to put, you got to rank them in order. Come on, rank them in order. Who's the best? <laughs> prioritized. Um, no, I mean, we're, we're nearing the end of a transformation right now that I'm just so proud of the team because they, we did a pilot team. They're a team of about 40. We did a pilot team of five. And within one week of launching that pilot, they were calling me and saying like, we, I don't know if this is going to work. Like we were not getting, everyone gave it lip service, right? Yes. Piloting. Yes. We're going to support this and we're all on board. But then as soon as the team was like, okay, great, we're going to go and do this and, and we'll let you know when we need your feedback. They were like, whoa, wait, wait what? Like, no, oh, we, so we it wasn't the it team. All. It was the other people, the people yeah. above that have to let go. Yeah. They were the ones. Oh, yeah. 
and they they were not letting go and it took it took six weeks of just like coaching and talking and visibility and really like working through the hard stuff and then just finally we've we've kind of gotten that that impediment moved and and they're ready to go like we just spun up another agile team and then i think it'll be next month we're going to flip the switch and everybody's going to go uh those last few teams are going to go up and so it was one of those where it was like okay we're in a little bit of jeopardy here but it it came through and and everybody worked hard you know like as a coach or a trainer, I can do some things, but the people who are there 40 hours a week are the ones that really have to like, I have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. 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 So it was cool that everybody like pulled together and, and now it's going to be something amazing. And I think they're going to be able to get a lot more done. People are going to be happier. It's, it's going to be a cool thing. That's a fantastic. So it seems like the teams, I mean, the executives have to let go, but then you're empowering people who maybe didn't, felt they had a lack of power before. Um, do you see a lot of, uh, I guess I'd say, I mean, just employee morale within these teams seems like they have something they own and they have some uh, autonomy and they can actually, they have, they have their own work and purpose rather than being, you know, a cog for the, for the, for the, uh, executive overlords. Does that have a big effect? Is that a small part? How much of, of this agile marketing is the, you know, the satisfaction of the people that are working in it? You know, from my perspective, I think it's a really big deal. I mean, I was a content creator and, and I got overloaded and people made crazy demands of me and, and there were days that really sucked and we spend a lot of our time at work. And so if, if you can help individual humans have better working lives, like that's a big deal to me. But then even from the organizational perspective, when you don't have people that are engaged at work and you lose people, like you have high churn in marketing departments, which is like totally a thing, then it's expensive. You yeah. know, hiring and, re and onboarding are expensive and you lose organizational knowledge. And so that's a bad thing from the company's perspective too. Um, so, and I can't tell you how many places we go and they'll show us like the results of employee engagement surveys and marketing's like always at the bottom, right? The marketers are the least happy people in the building. Is it because um, they have so but many then, things that they're not finishing? Is it because they're not agile enough? Is that what, that's what you think it is? I think that's a lot of it too. And you, a lot of people don't feel autonomous, right? You, you're the short order cooks, right? People come to you and they want things and you spit it out and you don't really have any say in what happens with why. Right. The um, salespeople are the waiters. That, they get the tips. The marketing just gets the criticism. So they're, and, they're, and their morale goes down because they're not getting done what they need to get done. Right. And, you know, production mm -hmm. basis of morale. I, I could see that. That's an interesting thing. I didn't know that. Okay. This is great. I got, a, I got a lot more questions to ask you, okay. but I want to take a quick break here. Um, so we are, we're speaking with, and this is where I, I butcher the name again. We're speaking with Andrea, uh, Andrea Freyrier. Did I get it right that time? You got, you're doing great on the last name. The <laughs> <last> <laughs> I'm trying to say the wrong name wrong because I know I say it wrong when I think I get it right. Anyway, of uh, Agile Sherpas, and we're talking about Agile Marketing. And we will be back on the If You Market podcast in just a minute. Okay, yeah. Well, one-to-one uh, -one is the leading day-to-day uh, -day branding partner for many Fortune 500 companies, either for print or digital. Uh, we at one-to-one -one believe that tight deadlines in branding shouldn't be a hustle. So our motto is make people shine. We understand that marketing nowadays is difficult and we can help out bringing it out and making all the products and services out there shine. You, you can find us at www.121corp.com. That's 121corp.com. Welcome back to the Ify Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. We have Andrea Freyrear here with us today of Agile Sherpas talking about agile marketing. Um, Andrea, let me see. We covered a lot in the first half here, jumping into the second half, can you give us some major do's and don'ts with agile marketing? Yeah, I think my, my do for sure is if you are bigger than 30 people in your marketing department, do pilot, do try this out with one team. Um, the important caveat there is one dedicated team. 
what you don't want is the agile pilot team, quotey fingers, emphasizing with the quoties, uh, agile in quotation marks when they are supposed to use agile like 40% of the time and then do their regular work 60% of the time so we can test agile out. Um, that is a recipe for failure. It almost never works. Um, and what about saying these people are expendable? Let's put them on the agile thing. You're basically <laughs> taking your B team and saying, let's test agile with the people that we should have let go six months ago. <laughs> That's probably not great either. Um, although they might surprise you. You never know. They, they may ah, do amazing. Um, that's an interesting point. So they might be under-motivated and uh, basically disgruntled, and then you put them in the agile, and suddenly you're – your low performers are, are kicking butt. So maybe yeah. make your form of or form your team of some, some of your A team and some of your B team also to see how it affects the performance of those kind of underperformers. Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing is just to, to let them go be agile, like to flow work through that team. Everything you need those people to do needs to flow through the agile system. Otherwise, it's really not a good test. You're not actually uh, testing. Yeah, you're saying let's yeah. test this by kind of every once in a while doing a little bit of it uh, on, this, on the side. And yeah. like you said in the first half, don't, the executive team can't be panicking a weekend. Right, right, right. It takes a while to, to get things running smoothly. And you mentioned company size of 40 plus or something like that? Yeah, if, you're, if your marketing team is about that big, you should definitely pilot. I mean, if you're a team of seven, you probably, you're not going to pilot. Like you're going to go all in together and, and change the process for everybody. But once you get up to a bigger group, then it's too risky to take everybody. At it the makes same sense. Time. Makes total sense. Okay. Um, what else do you have for us? Do's or don'ts, either one. <laughs> that was kind of a do and a don't in there. Um, yeah. And the other thing I think is don't get caught up in needing to know everything up front. Like if you are a bigger team, it can be very tempting to say, well, we can't start anything until we have the perfect transformation, like completely planned out, which is a very not agile thing <laughs> to right. do. Like you need to start because even, even each team we coach, we've done this a whole bunch and everyone is different. There's an idiosyncrasy for the culture, for the team, for the, I mean, people have drama about seating locations uh, that you just can't even anticipate until you get started. Right. So, I have to sit just, next to KJ. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she eats loud. Um, <laughs> I have no idea if that's true. Um, okay, great. So it seems like that's kind of within the theme of agile marketing as well. No, I have a question. Basically saying, get things done. Don't try to plan yeah. everything out. You have to start working and getting things done. You can't have every detail down. That's just not within the spirit of it. Yeah. What's the biggest pain points that people, when they come to you, what are the top three pain points when they come to you that you, that they're thinking they need agile marketing? Mm. So they are moving too slowly and yet they're moving all the time. Like everyone's crazy busy and maxed out and yet everything takes a That's really long time really to get done. done. Okay. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. That's so the, the whole the marketing word. process is like bottlenecked? Yeah. Yeah. Bottleneck is, is a common word that we hear as well. Um, another is basically we need to do more with less. Like we're not going to get a bigger budget. We're not going to get headcount, but we've still got to move the needle and make progress. So agile is often seen as the solution to that problem, um, which it can be. And then I think probably number three is going to be my CMO told me I have to do this and ah. please tell me what. That is. <laughs> gotcha. I like, it seems anti agile marketing. The executives told me exactly what to do and it was implement agile marketing. So they don't have to tell me what to do anymore, <laughs> which yeah. I imagine if they come to you with that, I've been instructed to implement agile marketing. Do you still see the executives panicking and not wanting to let go of, of control after they've requested specifically that? Um, sometimes. It depends on if the executive knew what they were asking for. Like sometimes when they say agile, they just mean do more with less or they mean <laughs> do, do stuff faster. By um, agile they, marketing, they meant we're cutting your budget. That, yeah. Um, they don't realize that they've been asked to um, 
give their teams more autonomy. And then when they bring someone like me in, who's like, so good job, we're going to give the teams autonomy and empowerment. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I signed up for. I saw a buzzword online and I said, we need that. (laughs) Someone said, we use agile marketing to do more with less. And they said, great. I don't know what it is, but uh, that's a mandate to implement it. Um, I love it when people have those kind of a, uh, the elevator pitch for their company is very generic where you can't tell what it is. And yet somebody grabs onto it and says, yes, we need that because they said some things and keywords. I really like the sound of, of more revenues. That sounds great. Let's implement this. And you're like, you don't know what it means though. You want to implement agile marketing, but you're a control freak and a micromanager. You don't know what it means yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you had clients that hire you and then change their mind when they realize that, oops, we didn't know what we were getting into and uh, like we're not maybe ready consult for it with yet, you or? and you tell them like, hey, is this what you really want? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, there have been a few where we'll come in and we'll do um, like a two day introductory workshop. You know, here's what it really means and here's how it works and here's what you would have to do. And some people will like, you'll get the email from the CMO or the VP the next couple of days and be like, yeah, um, we're not ready for that yet. That's usually what they say. Like, we're not ready for that yet. Like there's going to be a time when they feel less micromanagerial. Um, but yeah, no, it happens. And, and I would rather that, you know, cause you don't want to, you don't want to be in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like them basically saying, yeah, I like that diet. So veganism again, that means no meat, <laughs> maybe not. So like none at all, not even on like certain days of the week. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any more big kind of, uh, um, landmines to watch out for type stuff? Yeah, I think just kind of like you're saying, assuming that you don't have to change much of anything and yet you're going to get all the benefits of agility. Um, It's like assuming you're not going to diet or exercise, but you're magically going to lose weight. Like you're going to have to make some some hard choices. I hired the trainer. Where's my muscles? Yeah. Well, it (laughs) seems like that these are changes that marketers want, but it might be hard for them you know, even though they see the benefits of it, right? It might be very hard for them too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then once they get into it, it's like, ah. mm-hmm. I don't know if I can yeah. have broccoli every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of it, but the practice is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a practice, agile marketing, is this something that's, that's pretty engraved in stone, how it works and what it does, or, or is it, is it transitioning? Is it changing? Is it different now than it was a couple of years ago? And if so, where is it, where's it going? What's the future of it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really exciting movement in a lot of ways because five years ago when I got into it for the first time, everyone was talking about scrum, excuse me. And nobody was talking about anything else. It was like, oh, well, you just read the scrum guide and then you go do exactly what it says. And so a bunch of people did that. And then a lot of us were like, "Um, that didn't work at all. Uh, Thanks for the advice, but this is not what we needed. We need a little bit of that, but then we also need this stuff from Kanban and we need to incorporate more like lean principles. We've got to get more flexible, more agile about how we do agile. Um, And so that's the change that's really changed a lot in the last, um, I would say probably two years. We've really come a long way in that regard as more people do it, right? More people are trying it, more people are learning and sharing and you get more case studies. Customizable for the different companies, right? I mean, what they're going to use, how they're going to use it. I mean, it is not a one, a cookie cutter approach at all from what I'm hearing. Yeah, it shouldn't be. But there are still there are still some trainers out there who are like, I know Scrum, that's all I want to know. And so I'm going to tell you marketers like this is all you should be doing. Uh, especially if you have a coach that's only worked with IT and they're like, Well, this works every time. Why would it really worked for them? You know? Yeah. 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 It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of Bruce Lee and his fighting strategy. The 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 having no, you know, the what is your style? The style is no style. You have to adapt to whatever the situation is. Um, So you're saying it's, you know, it's not going to be the exact same formula for every single situation, for every single company. You have to be the whole point, I guess is agile. You have to be fluid. 
for, mm-hmm. for what you're working with. So, I mean, the general idea is to be agile, but are the are the major principles also changing and evolving? Is tech influencing that much or, or, or at all? I think that the principles and the values and sort of the reason behind it all is still fundamentally the same and is, is a lot like the reasons that software went agile two decades ago. You know, there's, there's reasons why we work this way. And because marketing is so much more digital, we act a lot more like developers. Agile helps us a lot more than it would have 20 years ago. So there's, there's a lot of intersections happening there, but when you're looking at building fundamentally agile organizations, you know, when you look at at groups like Spotify, Amazon, you know, these bigger kind of leading groups, everyone's working this way. And it's because they all believe in the same principles of how work is supposed to get done and how teams are supposed to operate and what leadership looks like. And so then it stops mattering whether you have whip limits on your board or not, or whether you have a retrospective every two weeks or every three weeks, like the, the actual practices stop mattering as much as why are we doing these things and what behaviors enable that value system to, to come to life. Interesting. I was listening to a podcast this, just this morning and uh, the guy was talking about leadership and about being in a certain size company. And when he was instructed that he needs to lead through influence more than instruction and this seems kind of kind of like that rather than saying here's your to-do list his job was really he said the company was too big and once you get into a big organization you know giving the to-do list down through everybody and 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 god that's just exhausting uh, instructing everything out they said yeah and it doesn't work because everybody's going to start pushing back because now the vp and the director you're telling them exactly what to do it's like no you got to let them do their job you just have to influence give the major overriding ideas and, and some directives and whatnot. Um, so having, you know, written a book on the death of, uh, the death of a marketer, yep. mm-hmm. it sounds like you have some, some beef possibly with some <laughs> aspects of marketing. I'm wondering in the agile marketing, is there anything you would like to see die in agile marketing? Is there anything that you dislike or just flat out hate in agile marketing? Um, One of my least favorites is you have an agile marketing team and somebody comes in and says, I need you to do this thing right now because I forgot to tell you last week that it was due and now it's on fire and you need to deal with it. And you should be able to do that because you're agile now as if there's some some, like magical power that's conveyed, but that is not at all. Well, you are (laughs) supposed to be flexible. Come on. Sometimes things come up, stuff happens. Yes. So, and that's an agile value, right? Responding to change over following plan is an actual agile value, but we do so when there's an advantage attached to that change. So you got to come to me and tell me, sure, this is going to help our customers in amazing ways. Great. I'll respond to that change. No problem. But if it's because you forgot and now you really need my help, like that's not a change that I need to respond to. So you're saying you've got to smash it up against the priorities list and say, why does it belong above these other things? If it's Mm -hmm. just that you're going to look bad or something isn't going to work as well that you're doing Mm -hmm. overall for the company, why is this suddenly a higher priority? Yeah. Where's the value in, in the switch, right? Because it is a switch. Like we were working on something and you're asking us to change and there's a cost associated with that switch. And so you need to show me that it's worth that change and not just try to like, press constant change onto an agile team because they have an agile at the start of their name. They're coming in saying you're supposed to be agile, handle this. And you're countering with, yes, but we also have a whip limit and we also don't multitask. So you're asking us to add more multitasking into here. And uh, then it seems like, what do you do? You just, you do arm wrestle, do you duke it out? Do you get into a real scrum? How do you, how do you solve that, that problem? Yeah, ideally you have someone on the team who we would call them a marketing owner, but you can call them whatever you want. And they are supposed to be able to make that call, like to say, yes, this has value compared to the other work that the team is doing. So, and it's not always an additive thing either. So they'll, they can say, okay, this is actually important. Therefore, this other thing is coming off the list. Right. I'm not going to ask you to just keep adding things on. We're going to make a deliberate choice mm-hmm. of, of making that trade off. Do you ask them, okay, what do you want to kill? If this is so much important, what thing on the list would you kill? 
Where would you put and it? And then they have to go tell that person that they just killed their project. <laughs> is that where, I mean, one of the things you're Smart. a scrum master, is that the scrum master's job to settle those kind of disputes? Uh, that would be more of a product owner role in the traditional scrum setting. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, the, the naming conventions don't translate to marketing oftentimes. So just having somebody there, because what you don't want to do is have every single person on the team having to have those conversations multiple times a week. That's a huge waste of time. And most of the time you want people just go do the work and, st and don't worry about if it's the right work. You want somebody whose job it is to decide if it's the right work. So what's so the change you suggest? I mean, you're saying this is a problem within agile marketing. Does there need to be some sort of shame element added to the handbook? Like, how do you deal with people if they let's say you have the element, somebody forgot something and it's actually important and it belongs somewhere in in your list. Um, if this person is doing this regularly, are they are they off the scrum team? Are they out of the agile marketing team? Do they go back and uh, and report to the executives? Like, how do you handle that? What what changes do you recommend? Yeah, I mean, if it's something that is urgent, right, there's always opportunities or issues that we can't predict and that do have value and need to be dealt with. Um, when that happens, though, documentation and visibility is really important. So you can be able to say, we got three fire drills in during this sprint, right? And here they are. You can see where they came in during the, the sprint tracking. Um, and therefore, we did not finish these three things that we thought we were going to get to. So now we know, right, the impact that those interruptions have had on the team's output. And then it becomes like, okay, next time someone brings in an interruption, we can say, well, it's likely we're not going to get this other thing done. Is that okay? If it is mm -hmm. great, if not, then we're able to have that trade-off conversation instead of just saying yes to everything, which can feel nice at the time, but as we talked about with whip limits, what it really means is now everything takes longer because I said yes to this. Everything gets piled. Right. There's your dissatisfaction. There's your low engagement. There's it's probably overwhelm. You it know? Is, yeah. And from the stakeholders' point of view, it's bad too because their project totally. is going to be late because I took the fifth thing. Right. Right. So exactly. is there some form of uh, app? Let's say you run a sprint and you go through all this stuff and you know, you have some issues, you have some things get thrown in, taken out. Do you do, is there an element of like an autopsy at the end where you look back and you can say, okay, we had five things on the board, three of them got replaced with things that we didn't either were forgotten or didn't realize this was going to come up. How do we prevent that from happening in the future? Or um, Yeah, yeah, the retrospective meeting is super important um, and every Agile team needs to have them. Um, if I get to coach them. I tell them every two weeks, period, non-negotiable. Some people go longer, but then you forget, right? You forget all the things that happened um, four or five weeks ago, but it's a time to just talk process. You know, that's, it's not a complaint session or anything like that. It's what happened. If it was a problem, how can we fix it? If it was a positive event, how can we do things that are more like that and, and build on that success? Um, but it has to be a deliberate pause, right? Because as marketers, we're really good at like racing from one campaign to the next and really not pausing to, to think or track or measure or anything. So but, you're pausing um, during the process or when a sprint's over, you're pausing or is that the same thing? Yeah, if you're doing scrum, you're doing sprints, you would pause at the end of every sprint. So every couple of weeks you stop. Um, if you're doing Kanban, you don't have time boxes like that. And so you would just have it as a recurring event. You could do it that way, like every other Friday we do this, or you can do it uh, event-based. So every time we release a campaign, we're going to stop and do a retro that way too. Interesting. All right. Um, it sounds like just a really uh, organized way to do project management for marketers. It's very nice and organized. I'm very type A, which is probably why I like it. But there's also a lot yeah. of, it's like a dance, you know, there's also a lot of kind of interplay of things happening as well. Well, you know, marketing is that way. It has to be fluid. You know, even a strategy, you know, you were talking about laying out a strategy for, you know, this, or we're going to do it come hell or high water. That's really not very practical because things do change. Markets change. All of a sudden issues change with your target audiences. You have to be super fluid. So is this the new, better way of doing marketing that everyone should structure as, or does it apply to some companies and situations and not quite to others? So I guess, 
is there room in the market or in within companies for this? Is there room within marketing styles for this? Or is this just something that everybody, this is how they should be doing it. And if they're not, they're not as efficient or whatnot. Honestly, I think everyone should be using it. I mean, I we've worked with so many different sizes of teams, types of marketing work, industries that they work in. Um, I Everyone should do it. Like it makes your life better. You get more done in less time. It's better for the company. It's better for the individuals on the team. Like everybody wins and all work can flow through this type of system if you're flexible about it, right? If you're a creative services team, you're going to look more like a Kanban team. If you're so a not a... It's not a new style that applies sometimes to straight up evolution of marketing. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, coming to that. And we also mentioned the, you were saying when, when they're doing the retrospective, um, I like to call it an autopsy because it's more morbid. Uh, when you're doing the retrospective, um, people forget sometimes things that were happening. And I imagine, I think we use Jira here, maybe a couple other even, uh, uh, programs for managing this kind of stuff. I remember seeing the word Kanban in there as one of the ways to look at stuff and wondering what it was and moving on. Um, now I know it's a three by five card or something like that. <laughs> um, text. It seems like something like Jira really helps you look back when you're, when you're doing that retrospective and say, Oh yeah, I remember this happened. Um, yeah. So yeah. what, what kind of text should people be using? What do you recommend? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have technology, but it really is nice, especially if you're doing a lot more work. Um, you can go super simple like Trello. It's free. It takes like 30 seconds to build a board. They're nice and easy. Um, that would be the, the lightweight version. And then there's a lot more pieces of MarTech that are trying to support agile marketing because it is increasingly the way people do business. And so tools I know of that work well um, are co-schedule, a primo, work front. These are all trying actively trying to support agile marketing as a thing. And then there's more traditional like agile tools. Like if you're doing Kanban, there's Lean Kit and Kanbanize and Swift Kanban that are built to run Kanban systems. Um, are any of those specifically for marketing? Because I know a lot of them came from the software development and IT Area. Yeah, none of them are marketing specific. Um, I see an opening. Yeah, right. We we need more marketing technology. I see your giant uh, <laughs> behind you there. Like, we need more on there. I mean, there's not. You're saying there's not a platform, and I'm sure some people will reach in and say, "No, we do this. Is that great? Um, we'll we'll post you if you do that. Let everybody know if you're developing an agile platform just for marketing." But you're saying right now they're all kind of we're using agile platforms that are designed for software people or for organizations at large and not specifically for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want to build one, like, please go for it. I, please come find me. Contact I, will, I will help you develop it. But like nobody, yeah. nobody's done it yet. Wow. Okay. That's the first That's on the show. We've never had a, a nobody's <laughs> done it. And again, I bet you some people are working on it, but yeah, reach out to, uh, to Andrea and um, we'd love to, to see that coming around. Okay. Anything else you want to cover before I think we're running out of time here before we wrap up, uh, Andrea, anything else on agile marketing or, or just anything for fun you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. I will say like we do a survey every year and ask marketers about agility and things. And the biggest hurdle that comes up every time is education and lack of knowledge. So like if you heard anything today that you're interested in, Go learn about it. There's so many opportunities to learn. There's webinars and conferences and um, podcasts. There's podcasts. Um, there's whole companies. You know, like uh, there, there are entire training organizations that can help you. Um, but like whether you want to pay a trainer or come to a certification class or anything like that, great. But if not, like there's free ways to learn and and don't just read one badly informed article that tells you to follow the Scrum Guide. Like please don't stop there because <laughs> it won't work and then that will be sad. So um, educate right. yourself. Scrum is one, one, uh, what structure? One flavor. Mm -hmm. one flavor. There's lots of others. <clears throat> and not even your favorite. <clears throat> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I don't, Scrum is not like a company, right? They're not going to come after us if I say uh, you prefer. Well, uh, the, the Scrum Alliance is a thing. And uh -oh. I love you, Scrum Alliance people. <laughs> if you're listening, I love, I love your conferences and I love your marketing team. So <laughs> the Scrum, when you say that, now I get scared. All right, we're going to edit out anything we said about Scrum not being the best. 
So he did not want to deal with this, something called the Scrum Alliance. <laughs> All right. Um, well, if anybody wants to find uh, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea, Andrea, you did it right. Uh, right. Okay. You did it. Um, find her. Obviously, you can go uh, look her up on uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, also she has a book, "Death of a Marketer." You can find that on Amazon. Also, you have an audio book on Audible, and I'm sure in other places. Thank you for doing that. I love the audio books, and uh, also the Agile Sherpa blog at agilesherpas.com/resources, and we'll put all this on the show notes uh, on, on the show notes as well. Um, anything else you want to throw out there, ways people can contact you or things you want people to know about? Um, yeah, we do certifications at Agile Sherpas. So like if you want to get serious about learning stuff, we have online version, in-person trainings that are publicly available. We do those several times a year. So they're all on the website, but um, they're just great ways to get an overview of all this stuff. Um, Scrum, Kanban, all that good stuff without having to go hunt everything down on the internet. Um, yeah. Just don't even look it up. Just call Just, Andrea up and say, hey, we want to implement whatever that thing was that you do with Agile Marketing, um, and then worry about whether you really want it later. No, no, look <laughs> look, look those things up if you want to what, do more with less. Um, uh, look, look into it. It sounds like it is the future of marketing and the way everybody should be structuring stuff. So uh, fantastic. Well, um, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find uh, all this information on the show notes, um, all the information on uh, Andrea Fry rear um, of Agile Sherpas on ifyoumarket.com. Andrea, this has been I great. Thank kind you very of much. did it, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very fun. much, yes. Okay, so on behalf of uh, Carla Jo Helms and the If You Market team and Andrea Fry rear of Agile Sherpas, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with Agile Marketing, they will come. <laughs> the If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data. And at Mountaintop Data, we're all about data for B2B marketing. Our goal is to improve the quality, depth, and coverage of our clients' targeted marketing data while removing the technical pain of accessing and implementing data. We help with everything from new target contacts to appending and cleaning existing data, all with the goal to free you and your team up to focus on creating great marketing experiences. Check us out online at mountaintopdata.com and sign up for our new top data search tool and get free access to search our database of over 30 million business contacts. Use the code hashtag IYM when signing up and get 200 free credits. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.